Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. everybody to another episode of supernatural the crossroads post series 2021 we are going to be continuing our celebration of women's history month crossroads style with an episode that takes us back to one of our favorite characters rowena now we've discussed her at length before in our previous discussions talking about her journey and evolution as a character from bad bitch to good witch and we're going to continue along that route Frankly, because there's a fuckload of it for this few seasons she was in. She was in all of, I guess not few. She was in six seasons now that I think about it. Yeah, she was around a while. She was around for a while. It just went by fast. It did. Because she was always a delight to watch. She was a character that fit into the show seamlessly. Never felt out of place. Her appearance and her arrival perfectly mimicked that of Crowley's after his departure. And in fact, I would say every episode she was a part of was pretty good. You know, at least her portion of it, the reason why she was there. In fact, probably the weakest episode might be the one that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Girls, girls, girls. It was a great introduction, but overall, the episode itself was kind of meh. Right. But it goes right back to what I was saying. Her elements always seem to work just fine. And and part of that's because of how she was written. Part of it is her characterization and her portrayal in the show she was just such a fun character to watch and i think that was the biggest thing that they had to capture if you were going to have her be in any way related to crowley crowley was always fun to watch whenever he appeared it was important and relevant and interesting and entertaining you had to have that same charisma and she needed to be likable Mm -hmm. he needed to be likable because supernatural up to this point already had a bit of a not a bad rap um, because I don't feel like anything they've ever introduced was bad necessarily up to this point, but they, it struggled for a little bit. The fans never really liked the women that were introduced. And when I say the fans, I'm generalizing a large portion of the fans. Right. were never the biggest fans of anyone that was going to compete with screen time or, or compete for screen time with Sam and Dean. Right. Even Kim Rhodes felt that backlash during the earlier seasons that she was involved with. Right. So the way they went about creating this character, giving us someone that is a pretty much likable from the get go from the very beginning, you pretty much co-sign with her. You're like, yeah, I get it. You're good. You're interesting. That part went a long way. (laughs) Right. It not only did it go a long way, but I think it it hit that perfect 
mark. Out the gate, she was likable, interesting. Out the gate, she was fucking banging. Okay, that too. Let's let's talk about the real reason we're talking about Rowena is that she's smoking (laughs) hot redhead. Okay. Yes, like, in the celebration of Women's History Month, it's because she's a smoking dude, hot redhead. A smoking hot redhead who actually showed up for a reason, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, she, she wasn't just there to be a smoking hot redhead. She actually had a reason for being there. I don't know why he sounds like Jack Black right now, but he does. He's I don't doing know like why a head I do either. Bob I don't thing. know what I'm doing, okay? Just let me be me. God, I don't know why you guys are going to call me out on everything that I do. First of all, Rowena was a character that, like Mike said, had to be likable mm-hmm. because in Supernatural, immediately if the fans don't like some a character, then they're, they're not coming back. Yeah, it's, you know, g- it's at, game over. Yeah, look yeah. at Cole. Yeah, Travis Aaron Wade. Look at him. Done. <laughs> ne- ne- never came back. Fuck you, Travis. Yeah. Hated so hard that his plot line left with him. Yeah, some some. <laughs> 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 curb stomped his ass. Yeah, <laughs> and fucking ripped his soul Dude. out through his asshole. The, in said, the Get empty. the fuck out of here. Into Who are the empty. you? Never to be yeah, seen never, or remembered. Never to be seen or heard again. Uh, you know. So I just with Rowena, it was it was different because you know we knew she was related to Crowley. And it, she had to have that same swagger and she had to have that same, if, if you're going to, if you're going to a lot of character in with another character like that, which is very huge as a, you know, the mother of the character, she got to, there got to be some similar traits that make Crowley a lovable character. Mm-hmm. So you have to add that to Rowena too. And I think they nailed it. And the, the, the writing with her and her character and just, again, her being an attractive woman on a show that's full of attractive people, he's but, easy she's on there, the eyes. but she's there for a reason. Yeah. And I think that's, we, we talk about that all the time. When we, when we introduce new characters or guest spots, they got to show up for a reason, not just there because, you know, they just want to put them in the show. Yeah, right. And I think they did a good job with her in that respect, because if they hadn't, she wouldn't have been continuously showing up and becoming a fan favorite yep. in the six years that she was a part of the show. Yep. Now, if you're just joining us for the Women's History Month spectacular series of episodes, we have done a lot of different things already. Our first episode, we discussed the most influential women women in Supernatural with a top five list of ladies that we felt were vital to the show and vital to the Supernatural's importance. In our second episode, we discussed at length Charlie Bradbury post-Oz and how that, in a significant way, changed her character for the better, made her a better fit for the show, and undid some of the ill will we had from the only really two episodes that she showed up in that we were Mm -hmm. not fans of. And I think if longtime listeners know, as longtime listeners know, we got some flack for how we received Charlie's death. It We agreed with it. We thought it worked very well, although it was sad, when a lot of fans at that time were very upset about the abrupt killing off of that character. But we go into that at length. So if you, if Charlie's a fan favorite of yours, I highly recommend that episode where we get into really what made her go from just a side character to something that really fit the world. And in our third episode, we went into a very long foray into the forgotten and underrated women of Supernatural. And that was our choices of characters who either didn't get the time and notoriety that we thought they should have, or there was a missing amount of potential for all of them, or they were ones that were introduced and were very compelling characters, but sadly did not get much more than a cursory glance or mention or, or dropped off entirely. So for a little bit of a 
flashback to some of those smaller characters, you can enjoy that episode as well. Yeah, and I'm actually pretty happy with the feedback we have been getting from those three episodes so far. Seems like a lot of people are rallying behind our post-series topics. And they were really into the top five list as well as the underrated and forgotten episode the most so far. Really? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, that has been for the last month or so of shows. Moving forward, we are going to be back with a new RPG session, which will be another installment of the (laughs) much maligned hunters that we are in this RPG game. We'll have David guest star as the game master for that with uh, Veronica Cade and completely original fan favorite Andrew Flab to join us with that. Uh, I, I can't wait. Again. I can't wait till right when we start and he tries to fight me again. Very first thing he's like, I rolled to summon a demon. I rolled to summon a demon to yeah. kill Cade. No, I'm going to, I have a new strategy. Oh, oh that's no. even worse. Um, we also have oh, no. a guest star. Uh, AV. Oh, we do. Yes. AV will be on that show and she will be guest starring as a character, as a character. Mm-hmm. That Dave is actually writing for her as we speak. We might need to make that a longer episode because we tend to spend like 40 minutes out of a 50 minute episode talking about like how to get in the car and what the fuck Dab's been doing. Dude, the whole time. we take 45 <laughs> minutes to leave a place. We do. Yeah. All right. So God that will it. kick off a new round of content for us th- from April through May. And that will then lead into... What is currently touted as Ryan's month oh. in June. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already working. Um, I'm, on- I'm disturbed, Ryan, <laughs> by how many people have so actually excited, said dude. they're my, really excited for this. My goal, my goal for this is to at least one of the shows to be the highest rating shows on the network just to piss both of you off. <laughs> because I want, I, if that happens, if that happens, that will justify that will justify me when I make fun of you guys and you do your <laughs> stupid nerd shows. <laughs> well, I will feel justified. I will feel good about myself. Okay. Um, I'll probably never do it again uh, because I, what would Supernatural be without me half-assing every show that oh. we show up on? Well, well, except for maybe the RPG. I don't half-ass that one. but um, You can't because someone else does. <laughs> I know, well, that's true. <laughs> I will say I love how Ryan does take things very serious, just like with the slash fiction mm-hmm. oh he, when he's serious he was, he's very, he was very serious. serious and he's actually calling in lifelines he's getting other people involved uh, so, in so his my, programming so my goal my goal i've already talked to bobby he's going to help me <laughs> bobby's no, no, one no, of no, the producers he, on the network yep. if people are not, are yeah, not aware he, he's no, gonna that's help how me. you know it's gonna be like legit and official because bob's involved well he's gonna help me with two shows and then two shows are gonna be completely your own right off the top of my head and they might be the douchiest fucking shows we'll ever (laughs) might be okay will be the most douchiest shows we've ever done on our shiptastic episode was pretty Ooh, that one was pretty douchey are you okay i'm dying over here Uh, i'm just curious i just keep (laughs) seeing you run away from the microphone i just want to make sure you're okay i'm the only one that cares about you you know, well, Thomas can't see you, but I yeah. can't see behind the <laughs> Wizard of Oz curtain over there. Yeah, I, made him, I made him uncomfortable during the pre-show, so now he wants well, to just. He, yeah, no, he, wants, he wants to I exploit your asshole. I watch you through the phone screen at this distance. That's the only way I can oh, see. Oh yeah, you. That, I guess I didn't think about that. It, what's can you funny? see this? Yes. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Flipping me off. He's giving him the number one. <laughs> uh, you know what? That'll all change too, though, Thomas. Because once we once we're able to like 
have all the cameras and stuff in here, mm-hmm. you know, and if we do decide to go on live on Twitch, you'll be able to see everything. It'll be a little bit of a delay, but you still be able to see right. everything, which, which would be nice. I because, think the month of Ryan is the month that yeah. I'm going to have this show ready. For yeah. That's video. when he's going to introduce the yeah. cock cams. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> we yeah. probably should debut the crotch cams. When the only fans account goes Dude, live. I'm going to play a joke. I'm going to put the, my crotch cam like in front of a Barbie Kendall. Like, <laughs> there'll just be a nothing like, there. There's no dick. Well, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear a sock. I'm going to wear a sock down my leg. So it looks like I have just a fucking. I'm going to have a ruler with, like, with a marker. At well, we all know what size yours is. Yeah. yeah just so, going to sit yeah, there. You're, He's yeah. just gonna have a ruler. Yeah, right. six point nine. <laughs> That's how big my penis. Do you is. have the same marker since you were twelve? So that like little lines marking your growth. <laughs> yeah, uh, for his penis, it's, but it's on a ruler. I have the same dick ruler since. I have 12. Well, Hold on, my, let me uh, let me like, check my dicky. Oh, I've grown an inch, mom. Yeah, yeah like when you were moving out and getting ready to go to college, your mom's like, like son, don't forget the dick ruler. <laughs> mom, I, d- mom, I can't find my dick ruler. The door gotta, jam. Mom. The door jam has a height marker and then a line that goes into the wall. As oh, well. Jesus Christ. Mom, I grew an inch. <laughs> I am at 6.8. What are we talking about right now? Jesus. I know. We need to. What, what happened? This is the women's show. <laughs> oh, eh, whatever. It's, that's what happens that's when what happens. Ryan take over. Well, Here's a preview. That was, a, that was that one a, statement. And that's where we ended That up. is the preview of what my month of programming is going to be and if you guys were laughing then be prepared and if you're angry and upset and then you're go vomiting, listen to another fucking podcast <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be aggressive about it all right so all of that stuff what are you italian <laughs> being aggressive. Yeah, forget about it being aggressive. <laughs> you come to me <laughs> what? what i don't know what that, that was i don't know what that that was horrible that was so bad <laughs> Bad. Uh, even I realized that as soon as I said, I was like, "Oh God, it's Mafia Arnold." That's what that was. I didn't do the Arnold voice. It's I, all the same voice. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew as soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh, oh my God, God, we're recording this late." Uh, all right, we so really are. that is all going to be part of the regular feed available to everyone. If you are a member of the Patreon group or if you'd like to subscribe and donate to help support the show, you will get six (laughs) additional episodes coming out over the course of the month on the Patreon feed, ranging in a wide variety of topics. (laughs) All right. I'm glad you held that giggle fit in for me to get through that. (laughs) Impersonations, man. They're just terrible. They're they're so bad. They're gold. I might just do one of the shows might just be me just come out with impersonations. Just the whole show. I think, I think for another show, I need to just Improv. throw out an A-list celebrity's name for a show. And he has to quickly mimic him. However it comes out, he can't think about it. You know what? You're coming on Rain Man and we're going to do that. There we go. I was like, that's a Rain Man bit, dude. I'll do it, dude. I don't give a fuck. They're all going to sound the same. I know. Oh, They're man. all going to be horrible. That's going to be great. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Oh, we brought it together. Rainy. Oh, God. All right. So if you missed part one, scroll through the feed on whatever platform you're listening to, and you should be able to find it. And in that first discussion, we used it as a way to discuss Rowena in a more general sense. Uh, who she was as a character, the introduction, a lot of where she was going and what they did with her. But for now, we're going to get into our first official episode about her specifically, season 10, episode 7, Girls, Girls, Girls. 
Now, for us at the crossroads, the thing that really drew us to Rowena was really how imperfect she is. She was how flawed she was as a character, because in many ways she is all of us, not just the people in this room, but all of us who are watching, we can all find something that we related to or connected with. She was relatable because of the way Carver introduced her to us. She was a very well-rounded, complicated individual who was bitter and angry and misunderstood and constantly fighting an uphill battle, always just just out of reach of success. And that's something that I think a lot of us can identify with. A lot of us struggle with that stuff, never feeling good enough, the sub- being subjected to the opinions of peers, always trying to get to the next level and feeling when you finally do achieve it, that someone puts you down or doesn't see the value that you've worked so hard for. It's a very human thing. And to give it to a character that's this hundreds of year old, witch who's very powerful compared to most people. It was just a very compelling way to immediately sympathize her as a character. And I think that worked in spades far more than that's the thing that's, that's honestly flawed with a lot of, characters these days their fuck-ups is what makes them interesting absolutely and Mm -hmm. i know that's more modern television in the heyday of tv network television days 90s early 2000s yeah it was more about the boy scout the white knight but as we progressed into real drama we all decided at some point hey it's much more entertaining at times sure we want the escapism absolutely but then when it really comes to investing in a television show we need to we need a reason why we are are going to become invested yep and that comes down to having characters that are relatable and and the fact that carver introduces character that was insecure lost tormented by her past and the decisions she's made you know she wanted respect from her peers as you mentioned driven by guilt these are real things these are things that many of us whether we want to acknowledge them or not we all suffer from to some degree well the connection to that made her even more relatable was her connection with crowley yeah. And and him being her son. And I think him having those same problems. Exact same problem. That his mother had. Yep. And I think, you know, as a as someone who watches a show and, and wants to wants to connect, these are problems that people have on a daily basis. And I think that is is very relatable with, with her almost passing her sins on to her son and not doing it on purpose. Yeah. But you know, and then them both going down basically the same path. Well, life's a struggle. Yep. And to see these larger than life characters be brought down by regular human, human problems. problems, it makes us, it creates a, a sense of empathy with the character. And that's why we are so invested and we stay drawn in the entire time with these characters throughout their run. Unbecoming traits. Well, it's like you is said. good sometimes. I know we we're, we're in this. Or in this era where we try Mary to... Mary Sue's. I want more good characters. Well-written well, characters. I mean, look... Regardless it, of the trappings that they look like. Talking talking about relatability, why do you think Crowley likes... Or Thomas likes Crowley? He sold his soul to get a bigger penis. Oh. Right. 
right? Immediately, I, I empathize. You with were that. like, "Holy shit, that's me!" But just like deals usually go south, yeah. He's when you had make his, deals, his he only he asked for seven, but he only got six point nine. <laughs> right, there's a rounding error. Oh, fuck. it wasn't actually a demon he made that deal with. It was a, a fucking genie. Oh, and they fucked with you. They fought, yeah, yeah. He didn't so, ask the specific question. I was not specific enough. Well, he said, "I want a bigger dick." So, they, but he he did. He gave him a six point nine <laughs> out of six point eight instead of bigger, bigger. Right. So, getting back to the unbecoming traits aspect, um, having a character that is less perfect is just more interesting yeah. opposed to a character that can do everything and uh, the entire world loves her and she's great. And to have a character who is literally the embodiment of sin. Yep. Well, I in mean, the Puritan sense, in but, the puritanical sense, makes her that much more interesting of a character to watch and root for. Let, let's take a different example from another popular culture thing. And this might piss off some people, but. Oh, boy. People loved, loved Robert Downey Jr.'s character in the Marvel movies. Captain Marvel did not quite hit. I don't think that had anything to do. Truthfully, if you're not a piece of shit, that had nothing to do with gender or sex. Not that was all. the fact that yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s character is a fucked up, alcoholic, flawed person that with screws charisma. up relationships that we can all identify as that despite, like Rowena, despite their abilities, yep. can't fucking nail down basic human interaction with another person and family. Yeah. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel was too, literally too perfect. And therefore not as interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rowena is a perfect example of that because what they do so well with her is not just that, like you said, Mike, she has these otherworldly powers, things that we can only dream of doing. She can do like that, but she cannot overcome the simplest, which isn't really the simplest of things that we all struggle with. And the beauty that makes her such a well-rounded and captivating character is that it's not just I'm angry about the Grand Coven or I have guilt about this. It's the mix of things. She's angry and hurt and is riddled with guilt and remorse. But at the same time, she's arrogant and proud and won't let that define and her. And vengeful. And vengeful as fuck and intimidating and sexy and fucking scary. Like, it's the fact like all real people, she has this myriad of different traits to her that make her feel real. She's she's the she's the goth girlfriend that we all wanted in high school, but we're way too fucking scared <laughs> because they would basically eat your soul. Like I, I think the thing that that makes her so compelling is that all of those things that you you said that, but you can relate with why she's pissed off, why she's angry. Who, right? Who wouldn't be? Why wouldn't you be upset with these people that shunned you out and these people that you know pushed you away from the things that you know, bring you together as a group and, and to, for her to, you know, the grand coven and the way she hates them. I just, there's so much about her that makes her relatable and you can go, God, you know what, you know what? She should go fuck those people up. Like, and it wouldn't bug me at all. And I, I just think the, the charisma and the, and the vengeful and the revenge kind of aspect is so relatable to anybody these days that how could you not root for this character? You know, like how right. could you not get on her side with stuff like that? You know, and, and I think that's 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 one thing that Supernatural does so well with its kind of gray area characters. Because let's 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 be all let's be honest. Crowley essentially is a gray area character eventually. 
Oh, like, absolutely. He, he, and and same thing with Rowena. These characters who who make the change and are on Team Free Will are are compelling, and they have these same problems that Sam and Dean have. And I think that's the biggest goal is that if you're going to bring a character in like, you know, like Rowena, she has to have some of the same problems that Sam and Dean have. She's trying to connect with her son. And like, look, later on in the, in the series, Mary's trying to connect with her sons because she has no fucking clue who they are. So there's so many things that you can relate to the main characters with Sam and Dean that with Rowena, you can, you can lot her in with those same problems. And I think that also makes it more relatable when the main characters are related to a new character that you, or, you know, relatable to a character that you bring in. That's very important because how many times do we see the foreshadowing with any type of guest spot? Okay. This guy's going through the exact same thing that Sam right. and Dean are at this point. And I think that's important that Rowena, every time she showed up, there was that same. It's weird because she was there for some of that stuff. She was going through similar things, but in a weird way, I felt like she was also going through her own unique things yeah. that the brothers yep. had mm-hmm. already experienced, yep. you know, th- her lashing out at death, trying to get Crowley back was something they had kind of already been through a similar wanting to fight fate in that respect. But that's the thing is that she was just a fun character to watch. She was very relatable and Compelling because she was grossly misunderstood. We didn't even know who she really was. And that's why it worked for her. From the beginning until she became the queen of hell, it was always fun to watch and interesting to watch. And what's she going to do next and what drives her today? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the best lines that was written for her character was when she was the queen of hell in season 15, episode eight. Uh, Our father who aren't in heaven the the line says i don't have many regrets but i have but the few i do still haunt me making napoleon so short was just bitchy <laughs> telling mick jagger he had no future when i dumped him and well everything with dear fergus then one day you die and go to hell and they make you queen and you can't make it right so fix it and that's one of those things too that even in death even when she finally gets the respect and the power and the admiration and everything she's ever fought for like a real human person not just a character she's still plagued by the things she couldn't fix the things she couldn't change or do and that line give them all the flack that we have for various other reasons over the years but eugenie ross lemming and brad buckner did really do a great job of encompassing her character in that moment it really does show us who she is now it is good. So I, I was always a little unhappy with how they had brought her her story to an end. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. It was good how Barons did it, but um, we had our problems. But overall, yeah. when she had come back again for the second her second appearance in mm-hmm. season fifteen, that line did feel right. Yeah, it did. It's a shame that we don't see her, more of her after that, but it kind of fit as an end. It does statement for her. Yeah, yeah. Now, in season 10, episode 7, Girls, 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 we are immediately introduced to a woman that appears to be lost, possibly looking for general direction and purpose. At this time in the show, the Grand Coven was a thing. Yep. We, I mean, we didn't know it was, like, disbanded at the time. But right, like, yeah. We had it's the new looming threat on the horizon. Right. And they had thrown her out of the coven because of her magic and that it was too extreme for them, which should already tell you 
she's not about to be fucked with, but she's also a significant threat because not only was she thrown out, but they banned her from taking students or from forming her own coven. They literally exiled, excommunicated her, excommunicated the whole thing. She is a lone island, which is really the the fertilization for good character development. Take everything away from them, and what do you have left? And what are the decisions they're going to make? Yeah, that's fucking brilliant and and the best way you get the most interesting people and the best thing about that not only does it make her a threat because she has nothing to lose it makes her resourceful because she has no help from anybody else it makes her mysterious and interesting because what was what was her magic that these people kicked her out but it also makes her fit perfectly in line with team free will all the same tropes all the same monikers and 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 beats the the black sheep of the group, an outsider, somebody who makes their own decisions, won't be told what to do because they're being told what to do. Frankly, that was enough of a reason. <laughs> the same things that drew Crowley to the Winchester brothers, the same things would be the same things that draw Rowena to them. And this episode being the first official episode that Rowena had a major part to play we spend a considerable amount of time getting to know her. And during that time, we see primarily, I'd say, her desperation. We can see that she longs not just for respect or power necessarily. The well, was, she, she longs for respect, not just power. And I think that's what really makes the difference between a mustache-twirling villain, like, I'm going to rule the world, and... The broken person that takes it out on an ex- as, uh, external goal. It's not just because it's hard to capture. I want respect. That's not yeah. anything you're going to like write into a story no. and and you can't get it. It's the like struggle and the need for respect is, is, is embedded. It. It's embedded within the narrative. She doesn't outright state it, but it's right. definitely part of the subtext. You can tell. That's why. Um, Ro, um, Ruth Canal, you know, we all gravitated to her. Not only is she likable as a character, but she's also a very good actor. Mm-hmm. And she's able to emote the proper, you know. Give us this without saying it. Yeah. That, the, that's called acting, right? Yeah, the way she's able to, like, slyly come off with things and, like, her facial expressions are, are, is so good. Like, I, I don't think she got enough praise for her acting in this. Like, yes, I always said, you know, she's so hot, but, like, there are so many scenes that she has where she has that kind of swagger that makes it believable yeah, and the confidence. And I think that's huge for the character. Well, she simultaneously plays somebody who is not about to be fucked with, is supremely confident, knows what she's doing, but is also a terrified, lonely, guilt-ridden person on the inside yeah we definitely get that when we first meet her we see these things but the thing that we don't learn until much later is the the cravings for power and respect it's not necessarily the aspect of power that she craves in all actuality it can probably be tossed out now in retrospect because as we move along through the seasons we come to learn that the need for power is less about power and more about having a modicum of control over her life. Yep. Yeah, it really it, is. The, the book of the, the damned. Mm-hmm. Why does she want it? She wanted to power. 
Yes. And but. why does she want power so that she can have control over her life? Yep. Everything comes down to that. She turns the Grand Coven witch into a little mouse. <laughs> she can yeah. literally control. Like I mean, she's a character without a path, a home, a friend. Her overt needs are are symptoms for things that had been placed within the subtext mm-hmm. and tracing that aspect from the beginning to her end in season 15, there's consistency there that in my opinion, strengthens that thought. Well, and we really, we really see the beginning of that in this episode with the horribly titled idea to create her own mega coven, <laughs> which I still fucking love how that's stupid a, that's that is. Amazing. That's amazing. Terrible. It's so B filmish. It's awesome. <laughs> Well, that, you know, that right there, like you said, is an attempt to gain control over her life. She seeks to break literally the ties that bind her to do her own thing. And knowing what we know now, her need for power was not just was control, but the, the true heart of darkness, the true drive within her was a need to feel safe. Yep. That was the scared little child inside. You know, when when she tries to kill, I think it was Dean. If I if memory serves correctly, and the spell doesn't do anything, when she buddies up to Lucifer, it's for power and control and to feel safe with this new power vacuum and and fighting Amara. She's got the whole you know backup death resurrection pill thing. There was all these things that she did to feel safe. She always was went into yeah. hiding to feel safe. It was all that stuff. She had never cared about world domination. That was never really a point. She, when she had all the power after that ritual with the Book of the Damned and when she got a significant power boost, after her initial goal with Crowley and and confronting death, what does she do afterwards? She is all about the little things in life. A home, a relationship that doesn't, you know. That's right. It doesn't really pan out. doesn't really work. Safety, security, control over her own life. That's what she wants, ultimately. And I think that's one of those things that makes her incredibly relatable because so many of us, the things we do in life is all for that shit. People work jobs partly because they want something to do, but primarily because most of us don't like our jobs. Mm -hmm. Sadly, we do it because we need some sense of security. We want to provide a home for our family, for ourselves. We want to feel safe in the chaos that is the world. This little four walls, this home that we build is our safety net, our little bubble. That's why we do things. So her striving for greatness and trying to like work her way up the supernatural power ladder is the, how people work their way up whatever sort of social economic ladder they find themselves in to find safety, to find security. How many people have issues or problems in their relationships with the, either their parents or their children? It's very common because it's very hard to get those relationships right, to not fuck something up at some point. Even the best parents, even the best people who try their damnedest are going to fuck something up. You know, everybody who's had like, I had a great childhood. There's something that they don't know about or that they wish could be different or that their parents wish they could have done differently. And those are all those things that make Rowena very relatable because... I mean, for me, and this probably speaks a lot to where I am, I find myself in my career, the idea of knowing that others are holding you back and wanting to lash out, but also... Kind of like Obi-Wan did to Anakin. Right. 
had the high ground? <laughs> no, he's holding him back. He's holding oh. me back. But but feeling like your talents are not respected. Mm. But feeling like you you're capable of more than what Anakin. people see you for. I feel like that when I'm very... in bed with a hot lady. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Ryan's like, I don't, I don't know what that's like. I don't see that for you. No? You, don't, you don't see me struggling? Were you listening to what he said? <laughs> Repeat what you were saying, Thomas. Feeling like you're worth more, feeling that your talents are not respected. <laughs> yeah, still, yeah, still, no. No? no you, yeah. you think I've respected in bed? Thank you, right? <laughs> yeah. That means a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. I, I, don't want, I don't want anyone to paint a, a negative image of you. Self-esteem with boost Thomas Ryan. going to exploit your asshole. So. <laughs> listen to the pre-show for that, that Listen to the previous discussion jesus yep yeah but those are the things that's that make, what he's gonna scream <sighs> those are the things that make rowena a relatable character how did he go from backing me up to putting me in a snuff because film? he's like, always <laughs> doing that kind of thing first of all this he's is a prelude scream. to june oh he's gonna scream i never like, i didn't say it like that i just said that's what he's gonna scream sounded like that in my head when he said oh jesus oh god but that's that stuff that's that stuff that makes her relatable it's yeah. the stuff that makes her work yeah. as a character. Now, uh, Thomas, not David. I was like, Thomas, whoa. This episode also does a few other things. And we recently went into great detail about this specific topic during a Patreon exclusive show. Um, at this time, showrunner Jeremy Carver was working on changing the audience's perception of Crowley. Mm-hmm. And really creating stories and scenarios that were designed to make Crowley a more viable character that was also relatable. And in many ways, you can categorize this as Crowley's journey to rediscover his humanity. And Rowena was going to be a big part in that plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's going to be a huge part of that because... The the final moments of that episode is when he realize he says mother and we realize the connection between them. That is fucking huge, first of all, and easily could have been something that many people could have felt jumped the shark. Could have been a misstep. You you have this villain character who's always been one step ahead and a threat and imposing in his own way. And now you have his mom show up. That feels like it could have been a bad fan fiction route. <laughs> and in fact, I think we might have we, rolled I our think, eyes. I think we, we were did. a little concerned when it first happened. Because we that's did. that when you're uh, 10 episodes, when you're 10 episodes in and Not you introduce. No, I'm talking about with Rowena. Yeah. Introduced seven. Yeah. Episode seven. No, I'm talking about, I meant uh, 10 seasons, sorry. Oh, seasons. When yes, you're yes, 10 yes. seasons in and you introduce the mom, mm-hmm. yeah, that's usually a jump the shark moment. Th- right. On any other show, it would have been. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a oh show, God, right? ratings are low. Let's, yeah. let's throw something in to, to see if people get. That's a bad producer. Like, what if he had a mom? Like, what if we had a mom <laughs> dynamic? This show's about mothers, right? I, Isn't I, that I what just, happened to Sam I, and Dean? I rolled my eyes Who are they? About like that. <laughs> Sam and Derek, right? Well, I don't know. I just showed up here. I wear sunglasses in the middle of a room. Oh. What if, what if Crowley has a mom he never knew about? What if she's like a hot mom, too? Milf. It just sounds like an awful idea. It looks like terrible it's, idea. Like, like if, if you, I was in that writing room and I heard and I heard Carver say that, I'm, I like, I'm like, oh, dude, no. I probably, dude, I probably would have fought that. 
I'm telling like you right, my own think about, gut reaction. Think about this. You're trying to explain someone to someone about this character and how she shows up. You're like, yeah, so this character that we really like, his mom shows up. And it would be like, I, if what? we were in the writing room, a text would have gone out to you guys saying, you got to be fucking like, kidding me. Oh, the <laughs> only way I would have kept listening to this pitch is if he started it with She's my hot my redhead. No, if my plan to really make Crowley a viable character is by introducing a familial theme. How do we do this? Then I'd be like, okay, I'm all ears. Let's do it. Well, because then you would have been like going around the route of, all right, family doesn't end in blood. Supernatural is about family. Thematically, this works. Okay, what could we do with that? Who would be the most interesting choices? The brothers have an issue with their mother and father. What if we did that with Crowley and we have a parent? Like, you could get there. But if you just came out the gate saying, yeah, it's his mom, I'd be like, dude, I'm fucking And listen, (laughs) this is all about Crowley 100% because he had tried to introduce a family element during season nine, the very season when Crowley would actually start dealing with this near cure of his possession. humanity moment. Like, yeah, he, he came of a clo- near death experience. Yeah, he came the closest to his humanity as he ever would. And they had tried to introduce a moment earlier in season nine. It was mm-hmm. Theo Devaney's uh, playing Crowley's son. And it didn't quite resonate with fans. Mm-hmm. So Carver, being the good showrunner that he is, realized, okay, I don't want to poo-poo on this idea. I feel like it's a I've good already started direction. this ship. Yeah, and it's a good direction to take this character. So what can we do? And luckily, the Rowena angle worked almost immediately. Yep. And very well, too. Like, surprisingly well. They... They brought Rowena on, and by doing that, they were able to parallel the the two of them, the two characters, in a way that highlighted the similarities between the both of them. Yeah. That made her feel like that would actually be his mother's character, and made it feel like they had this tumultuous relationship, and made it feel real. And it also opened up and allowed us a gateway to see Rowena's vulnerability, even in episodes where it was apparent, it, it gave us all that much more. And we learned about Crowley's unspoken vulnerabilities. It was, it was the only way you were going to get these two to voice these issues was to put them face to face. There's no one else that they would ever talk about it with. Yeah. And we get that especially at the end. Well, the original kind of end of Rowena's character run in season 11 with her whole speech about if she hadn't hated him, she would have loved him. That whole heartbreaking moment between the two of them. Yeah. One of the, and I can't wait till we get to this aspect in her story, but one of the best moments is when she's sitting down on that bench talking to Crowley after she sent her grandson to his death. That's a dark moment. Uh, Holy shit. That was so good. Yeah. That scene was well acted, well written, and that just would not have worked. But then this is Carver. Going back and utilizing someone he introduced early on because all of us would sit wondering, well, wait a second. Was it Carver that did this or was it uh, Carver and Theo Devaney? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it would not, it would have felt weird if he just left that open ended that his son was walking around the world and we never 
went back to it. Right. So by bringing him back and then essentially sending him back to where they got him, it ultimately tied up a loose end before Carver says sayonara and gives Crowley and Rowena such a great moment to where we actually learn yet again more about them and the intricacies of their relationship and just how similar they really are. Mm -hmm. And the beginning of all that, and that's why I love doing these discussions, uh, the retrospectives that we do on Patreon. And then of course our, our specials like this, because then we can go back retrospectively and rewatch some of these episodes. And I start noticing things early on and you start getting a clearer picture now of what they were actually doing at the very beginning. Because we didn't know this is what Rowena was going to do. I would say it didn't really quite come completely clear until. I'd say season 12 because Dab did a pretty good job. Continuing her story. He didn't Mm -hmm. drop the ball. That was one of the few things that didn't feel fucked up. He did great with her with. Yeah. And until the end, the ending her. We don't Mm -hmm. agree with her death at the end. Correct. But. But ultimately, her story really worked, even with the exchange of of management within that writing room. So, yeah, it wasn't until maybe episode 12, episode 13 that we suddenly did. okay, we see what Carver had started. We get it now what he was doing, especially when you look at everything else he was doing with Crowley and bringing him so close to his humanity, because Crowley's story from season nine to his death was all about him trying to find his way back to his humanity. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you were never going to have certain moments unless you had Rowena there. You needed as a discussion point. She was an an amazing, and I don't want to call her a plot device because that's too, that's uh, too general for her. Yes. But she, okay, let's say she is a plot device. This is how you do it. Create a character that you can use when you need. Keep her around. Don't just have those typical one and dones. Keep her in that box. Well, I'd for almost multiple say, seasons. I'd almost say that's the difference between a good character well utilized and a guest spot because isn't this fun? Right. Yep. This Rowena was a character who never felt wasted because every time she showed up, it was impactful, either to Crowley's story, the boys, the main myth arc, or her own. In some way. Yeah. There was never an episode with Rowena where it's like, hey, we're fucking around today. Whereas, unfortunately for both Carver and Dab, they both have characters. Some forever were like that. Others had moments that they'd then come back down to relevancy. Which we talked about this month with Charlie. I think Charlie's an example where in season eight and nine, she kind of fucked around for a bit. and was just there. It was prior to that and after her Oz resurgence that she as a character was really relevant again the other times were just a fun guest spot dab has numerous characters that unfortunately fell into that same dichotomy that's that same pattern rowena was not one of those bobby up until his death was not one of those joe and ellen were never one of those each time they appear it mattered it developed something for their relationship with the brothers or it developed the brothers or it moved the main story along yep. or it opened up the world in some way. It wasn't just, Hey, we're here. We're all having fun. Let's all go to a barbecue after this. <laughs> some other ones did. And I think that's where it's not necessarily that she's a plot device. She's just a character 
that's yeah. utilized in the best way that a character should be utilized. Not an ounce of it is wasted. They're there for a reason. They serve that purpose. As soon as they're done, they go back in the toolbox. She's yeah. She's literally a tool. Like <laughs> like in like the best way. Yeah, like a good one. Yeah, yeah. And supernatural, we we kind of lost a lot of those because seasons. Yeah. Kripke and Gamble were all about creating tools that you can always come back to. And then it kind of got away. Uh, Carver had a few, but from season 12 to 15, we started losing a lot of those. And he tried to reestablish a few new ones, but they didn't quite connect. And possibly that's because of the announcement that the show was going to end so he was left scrambling and wasn't able to complete maybe potential story arcs of but still i truly don't think the show would have ended as it did or when it did had it been stronger from the last couple of years no one's arguing that i mean yeah but yeah that's that's the whole point that is why she is such a relevant character that's why she works so well and we really do start to see at this time she is still you know primarily evil there's there's not a lot of redeeming qualities that we know of yet or just borderline god and hey listen this is you're here and i'm here you know hierarchy (laughs) she outclasses them i think that's what it is yeah perhaps she's not evil come on but i think it was a i think she was perhaps one of the most successful aspects of season 10 one of the most successful aspects of Carver's run. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, one of the most successful aspects of Dab's run that he, that, that ended not exactly as we wanted, but he didn't screw it up either. You know, the, the manner in which we got there didn't work, but the story as a whole did. And she's always been somebody that we've enjoyed watching. And, and I think the, the, perhaps the best Testament to that was as sad as we were when Crowley left, Rowena kind of fit in that role. Yeah. Perfect. She, she dropped the, right in the slot. <laughs> she helped with the healing process for sure. Yes. And that made it an easier pill to swallow. She was much more than just a rebound. Oh, she could be my rebound. Oh, he's <laughs> your rebound. And then she's also your layup. Yep. Like, Hey babe, what are you doing tonight? She's your late night idea. Want to come over? Jesus, but I think what it goes. Pig. <laughs> well, what? How does that make me? Why a do pig? you think she shows up in like every fan fiction that Ryan writes that includes She's, himself? Yeah, she has <laughs> to be in it. It's like the the first sentence is Rowena and Joe got naked, and then Ryan entered the room. That's like watching a Rambo movie, and there's no Stallone. Like, <laughs> come on, man! It's a Ryan fiction fan fiction. There's got to be Rowena in it. Listen, we had. Fan fiction with Ryan, and there was no Rowena. Well, well, Unfortunately, there was just were, Sam no. breaking in on his brother and Castiel fucking. What are you look, doing? Look, look, I didn't pick the one. What's happening? <laughs> well, okay, first of all, okay. he didn't write that one in I his didn't defense. Write it. He yeah. just directed it with direct, superb talent. Yes, I directed my two actors. Um, which, by the way, do you do we have any of those sound bits? No, he's never playing them. God damn it. Which ones? What are you talking about? He's only going to play my bit. Yeah, the, the well, the only one that should be yeah, played. He's not going to play all the parts of Mike saying something horrendous. Yeah, will never he, see the light of day. Never again. because I don't say anything horrendous. Okay. Oh my God! I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, we about. need. You know what we need? We need Bob. Spit all that all over oh. my fist. <laughs> oh, we, 
<laughs> Spit it on. Oh, Jesus. I God. forgot about that. I need to go take a shower. Uh, Whoever that, wrote that, that is, is awesome. the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's terrible. It's, it's the worst. I would never have said that. Terrible. Things you say when you're in bed. Imagine I Thomas saying never, that. No. I would never be like. Spit all that all over my uh, fist. Dude, I'm saying it. I'm hearing it. And I'm disturbed deeply. Spit all that all over my so fist. Okay, how are they spitting it out all over your there fist? Doesn't make sense. I'm trying, dude, again, so, I still had such a problem maybe with a the hand, writing of a that. hand blowjob, like hand and mouth. Okay, all right. No, that's a lot of that's that, that's a, a lot of assumptions, though. Like, but again, I need remember, that explained to me. Remember yeah. how we were talking about like the writer clearly didn't know how like male anatomy yeah, like, works. Not quite sure how jizz and all that works. You know what someone told us? I forgot to bring this what? up. That they said that. Because you had said that they don't quite understand how the the male body right. works, and uh, I forgot who it was. One of our ongoing listeners, and mm-hmm. she had said, "Well, now you know how women feel when they watch pornography." Oh, I know, I, I know very much that <laughs> that but, is but a I'm lot like, of misnomers hey, and bullshit. I thought sex and pornography is sex. You There's, thought that the second it entered, she just moaned like a dying mule. I, I thought she screams like I a, thought, huh? like the an elk second, in heat. The second no pro, I have no warm up. You know, he hasn't been working for it. It's just enter orgasm. Well, I mean, that's because all those guys have bigger dicks than six point. The horse the horse schwang did it? Is yes, that what the happened? Horse wang, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. That was uh just very tough to read from that perspective. Yeah, that was tough. alone. Come on, baby. Oh, oh God. God, it's so I'm bad. Take the headphones off. It's so <laughs> it's loud. It's the, the voice is so intrusive, too. It is, it's, it's so aggressive. loud. It's raping through. my ears. It's, like, it, that's how bad it is. Come on, baby. Oh, okay. Come me. I need to literally take the headphones off. It just cuts through. Just move them I've up. I've said a lot of dumb fucking... Come for me. Oh. I've said a lot of dumb fucking <laughs> things on this show, but... Come for me. Come for me. All right, can we? Like, I, I've said a lot of dumb things, but that might be the take the cake on this, yeah. like the greatest the frosting, the on greatest, the, cake. the yeah, the, the cum on the cake. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, Thomas was reading lines. You just say things that come from your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, well, I'm not a, I'm not the smartest person, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever accused me of being fucking smart. All right. Well, hopefully people weren't too offended by that last five minutes. Here. My fist. Now we have that too. And whatever. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this month's programming. We hope that you come back for the supernatural RPG. Under the sea. <laughs> And more Ryan impersonations. <laughs> and if you guys are super excited about, you know, my month of just great programming, you know, we need a hashtag for your. It's going to be the, the, the coming, the greatness. coming of Ryan. <laughs> 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 or Ryan is coming. That could be the Ryan hashtag. Right. Oh, see you. M I N G Ryan is coming June. That's... Well, let's see what the listeners think. Well, they'll like, come up with something better. Either than we post will. in discord, Twitter, or Facebook. Let us know what you think the hashtag the should be to promote the month of Ryan. There we go. Mm, I can't wait. Like I the know. reckoning, but it's the Ryaning. something, the fuckening. something, the fucking, the fucking, just the fucking of the show. So with that, thank you all for listening. Hopefully you've continued to listen and we'll see you all next time. Little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, Ass butt.